0: One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of the door located in Central Oregon where three completely average guys join forces to make one decent pastor and to discuss, discover and promote all things Bible.
1: Well, good morning. We're live. Good morning. Oh, I was supposed to think of something and I forgot to think of something.
2: I didn't even look. To see. Am I like? Are we is the camera even? Am I off the side no, of the we're, deal? We're good. The camera. All right, good. Cameras. It, it's
1: a symmetrical view of the table. Yeah, you had one. <laughs> you had one
0: job this week, and that was to come up with a new a new way to open the thing. Apart from and we're live. But my son pointed out uh, that Joe Rogan starts all of his podcasts with "and we're live," and he makes ten million per episode. Well so, let's just stick so with we're, that. Thing. We're, I think we're on to something All here. Right. We should just stick with it. And we're live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> 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 I mean
1: we're we're not quite there yet. Not uh, quite, but <laughs> but if it works for Joe Rogan, right? <laughs> Nobody's gonna make money, like <laughs> isn't he like the like the top podcast in the world or something or the most I, listened to or I think
0: so. I don't know. Yeah. I see clips here and there, but I've never, I don't usually tune into it. All right. Well,
1: shout out to Joe Rogan. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's a great way to start the day. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) how's everybody
0: doing today? I'm good. You good? Sure. You seem, you seem. That uh, wasn't
1: convincing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I actually. I actually feel good today. Like woke up feeling good, no allergies. And these guys are like, "What the heck's wrong with you?" <laughs> so, so when I'm normal, apparently I'm more brain dead than you're. Yeah. Just your eyes yeah. looked like they were tired or red uh, yeah. or something like that. Like I slept allergies. pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I may not have completely woken up yet. <laughs> it might have been. It. <laughs> right. so, so that 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 is all. Yeah,
1: I, I saw that. I've seen that before, but the meme circulates on Facebook once in a while that says like when you sleep so good and you you wake up and you're worried that you're late for school except it's Sunday and you're 35 years old. Yeah,
2: I, I just saw that one like yesterday yeah. I think, yeah. And it made me kind of chuckle. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah, I, can relate. I, I have had that that dilemma before. Yep. I still have those stress dreams where I'm back at school and I go
0: to my, I'm late for class, I run to my locker and I can't, remember the combination to save my life. Totally, yeah. And I know I'm going to be late for class, and, yeah. and then at some point you're like, okay, I'm in my 50s. Yeah. I probably shouldn't <laughs> have these dreams anymore. I, yeah. I still remember my locker combination. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Psycho. Yeah. did 30, you have the same one all 30, your
1: life? 36, or? 34, 28. Hey, nerd. Teacher's yeah. pet. Wow.
2: It was. Nerd. We had different ones every year because they were <laughs> built yeah. into the locker. So. I have a thing with numbers, so it's not. Yeah. They changed the, the, the combos of every locker, every. Yeah. Year.
0: I remember phone. And then like I had to get
2: a new locker every year. I never even got the same locker. Yeah, every year, so. exactly. Yeah.
0: I remember old phone numbers and addresses, but every locker combination I've ever had. Yeah, no.
2: I had a connection
1: so with the janitor. Was like a distant relative of mine. And I, so he would just set me up with whatever locker combination I wanted. So even though I got a different locker every year, I would just go to Jack ah. and say, hey, can you set the combo? Huh.
0: That's not as impressive. I was yeah. about ready to throw a bunch of toothpicks down on the floor and see if you could count them <laughs> tell me how many there were. But. 48 toothpicks, definitely, yeah. definitely no. 48. Little there Rain Man here. <laughs> 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 kind of thinking that, but if, if it's the, the same, man. same yeah. combo every year, it's not a big deal. No, it's no. not
2: a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not impressive at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, anything else, anything new going on
0: in life that –
1: you want to let the world know
0: about? <laughs> I was in uh, my room working on my sermon last night, and I, uh, about five o'clock or something, and uh, I hear my wife scream, just really loud, bloody murder kind of scream. And so I ran out to find out what's going on, and our cat had caught a mouse, Damn. and uh, she was doing a puzzle at the dining room table, and somehow the cat decided to flip the mouse up onto the table oh, and, and onto her puzzle. And, uh, my wife did not like that. So that was that was an exciting thing that happened in yeah. our house.
1: That's pretty sick. So what happened to the puzzle? Like, did you throw the puzzle away? <laughs> That's what I said. Get a new puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what now I said. know it's
0: tated with, with hantavirus or whatever. I don't know place. what it was. But it was, uh, the cat
2: probably thought, hey. Is it a mouse or one of those bowls? I couldn't tell. I didn't look at it that close, and this, the scream didn't really indicate. So our cat right now is is catching multiple bulls every yeah. day. Yeah. And so every time, like, we walk into our master bathroom, for whatever reason, that's where he likes to unload them. Nice. Uh, there's just one laying on the floor, like mm-hmm. a, like almost every time we walk in multiple yeah. times a day. It's, like, weird right well, now. Well, that's what I think yeah. This the cat was trying to, like, give her a nice, you know, hey, look what I did no, for they're you. Pr- Dude, they, they just want to make us yeah. proud. I love yeah. you, and here's yeah.
0: what I, here's how I'm going to show that yeah. is by, look <laughs> by like sharing I this. And you haven't been paying attention that I've been on the floor this whole time, so I'm going to just fling it up on the table for yeah. you so you can really get a good, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I have a solution for that. Yeah, it's not leaking it's or why I don't anything. a cat.
0: Yeah, it was pretty bad. I would actually
2: go with that if if it was up to me. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, but it's not.
0: <laughs> so that, anyway.
2: But I do not wear the pants I, in my family.
1: I think my wife might like a cat, but I think she capitulates to my
2: utter disdain and hatred for cats. Well, just really, my allergies alone, yeah, is like should be enough, but it's not. So <laughs> I'll just leave it there.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, that was our excitement for for the day. So nice. Yeah, it was pretty funny. And then her heart rate was just, like, going crazy, and she had to go to bed early because she gets up early. She had to put all your stuff <laughs> on to monitor her heart. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it scared me because it was a good scream. Yeah. It wasn't just a, you know, normal, everyday no, scream. I'm sure yeah. your
2: wife doesn't scream too often like that. <laughs> no. no.
0: Anyway, that was fun. Awesome. Nice.
1: Yeah. Hey, the only one time in my life that I ever had a bumper sticker, and the bumper sticker said that cats are my favorite pet. They taste just like chicken. <laughs> and... Uh, that usually garnered some kind of reaction when people pulled up behind me.
0: And you're gonna send comments to Pastor Chad yeah. at yeah. the door.
1: I don't necessarily hold that view. Pastor it was just Rain more man. of a
0: like it was a funny thing back back in the day. I have more respect for cats than I do dogs. <laughs> I like dogs better, but I have more respect for cats. They're I, I just think they're a more impressive animal as far as uh not neediness. Sure. You know, you can leave for a month and a cat'll be alive when you get home. Dog wouldn't be. So Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I agree with that, but I still don't like cats. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Uh, anything else?
0: <laughs> we need to redeem
1: our conversation here. <laughs> yeah, talking about cats. I got nothing. Um, okay. Well, should we just jump right in then? We yeah. Good. All right. Jump. Might as well. All right. We're going to talk about false teachers today. Uh, there, there's been some stuff circulating online uh, recently, and we don't, don't want to like bag anybody specific today, but uh, just in, in the the Twitterverse, if you're on Twitter, uh, you've probably seen uh, some dust up about uh, a famous pastor that recently made some comments that has people talking, uh, and accusations of you know him being a false teacher are uh, being thrown out there. And so we thought we uh, would talk about today, like what a false teacher is. Is this
2: and, the guy you know. that you guys were just yeah? Starts with an a yeah, name, ends the with an S.
1: No, that's the guy. Yeah, oh, yes. I didn't, I didn't it, know there was this big it, deal it, going it on It ends right with, with a Y, but
2: not an S. Come on, man. The last <laughs> name. <You laughs> both, both
0: the first and last name end with a Y. Yeah. Forget you guys. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> uh, He. No. The Chris. interesting thing is that he's a very popular person. Um, not not somebody we'd quote or, you know, would, would necessarily um, put his name out there. But over the years, what's happened is he, he just keeps saying things. Um, about the Bible, specifically the Word of God. And, and um, you know, he's, his famous thing was to unhitch from the Old Testament, and that'll give you a clue. But, um, but but you know, people defended it and said, no, he didn't really mean that, he meant this. And then he would say something else, and then he would say something else. And he just keeps saying things that, no. um, at best, are ways to try to engage culture better than we're doing. But at worst, it, the way he's treating the Word of God and, and the things that he's saying about the Word of God are, are, yeah. are pretty concerning at this point. Sure, And I think that's kind of what we're... You know, that's why we want to talk about this is um, what, what are some things to look for? Because there's a lot of people out there that are listening to kind of suspect guys. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, famous people that put out books and that preach sermons and that have podcasts. And and it's real easy to tune in and, and listen because it's pretty appealing. They're winsome people. Right. They're usually um, good speakers. Uh, they're fun to listen to, but, but the content may be dangerous. And as pastors, I think we have a, an obligation to try to protect right. our people from, from false teaching. And so that's kind of the, the, I guess the idea is, you know, what are some things to, to pay attention to and look for?
1: Yeah, that's good. Uh, real quick, just want to give out a shout out, to Chris Comp, who's tuned in from Ethiopia. Wow, What's up, I Komp? don't know like what time it is in Ethiopia. Speaking it might of be false the teachers, the middle <laughs> of the night there.
2: <laughs> What's up, Comp? Love you. Miss um, you too. Yeah, yeah.
1: At Adama, Ethiopia is what he said. So I don't, I've never heard of Adama. I don't know that uh,
2: either. Yeah. Anyway, um, you had a few quotes. That I just you saw the couches you know? over in... Like Bolivia or something. I think
1: Belize, yeah.
2: Or Belize, yeah. yeah. One of those B words. Yeah, words. Uh, <laughs> Like at an orphanage or something. It was kind of oh, cool. Oh, no, that going on. Yeah, it showed on. him yeah. like reading a book to, you know, a kid. And Andrew was sitting yeah. there with, you know, in a sea of kids. and nice. it was, Yeah, it was kind of neat to see him down there doing whatever they're doing. Yeah, well, we, I guess we know people that travel to the globe. Whew. Gold yeah. trackers. Right. What are we doing now? <laughs> what was the question?
1: Um, you, you want to, Brent, read, you had a few quotes that, yeah, you just want to read. Well, sure. Quotes.
0: Um one of them was uh, this uh, the, This person said, when you anchor the authority of your teaching to the Bible, you reinforce an assumption that has the potential to weaken rather than establish faith. Um, that's a bad quote. Yeah. Um, well,
2: like how, like how does he mean that? Like that, that, he, that it would weaken instead of establish your faith?
0: Well, I mean, the I think that
2: I think what he's trying to say is
0: that when we say, "Hey, this is our authority right here," this is what we stand on, and right. and so like um, that that we're we're actually um, when somebody comes and asks a question about something, and this is what we lead with, yeah. I think is where he's coming from. Oh, okay, okay. We're probably not, you know, we're not coming from a position of authority at okay. that point is what he's trying to, I think, say. Like, uh, I think there's the the, the idea... So he's out saying
2: there, it weakens our position with that, the
0: non-believer? It's a, it's a little blur, but yeah, I, yeah, I believe sure. that's it. Because he said other things as well, basically, that it, the Bible... Um, the Bible says is not an adequate starting point or or returning point for many adults. And so I I would agree that that's not helpful. I I think it it may not be, but, but again, what he's doing is he keeps kind of minimizing the authority of the Bible in in some of these quotes. And that's the concerning part for sure. Yeah. Because again, you can't, we used to just say the Bible says it, you know, I believe it, that yeah. settles it, It was kind of a, uh, well, that's not going to work if you're talking to somebody about, you know, they don't believe this is authoritative right. or anything right, like that. Right, in post-Christian yeah. culture. But it doesn't change the fact that it is true, no. and it is authoritative, yeah. and there is something we can stand on. Now, the way we approach people and talk to them, obviously, you know, when you think of Paul going to Mars Hill... Yeah. Um, the way he he you know interact, he didn't just walk in and say you know, you know here's my trump card. I'm throwing down scripture because they didn't they didn't value scripture. Right. So we need to be mindful of that. But this guy just keeps saying things that that's, just sounds messed up as yeah. far as right. God's and you word. couple
1: that like you you see you know kind of this guy going down a slippery slope, and it, it seems to be a moving away from the authority and inerrancy of scripture. Yeah, yeah. which is the, yeah the
2: the danger right. right. Or
1: well, at least even, the red even, flag, even I guess. the
0: idea of unhitching from the Old Testament, yeah. which again. Um, people defend what he said and, yeah. and, and say we were getting it wrong. But at some point, he's basically saying, this isn't doing us any favors to talk about God in the Old Testament. We need right. to we need to stop talking about that, ignore that, because it's just going to turn people off. Yeah. And, and somehow we have to get God off the hook Yeah, when, when we, you know if we're going to pay attention to what he was like in the Old Testament. So we, we're only going to focus on the New Testament
2: because then we don't have to get God off the hook anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, I you, think we know that's what it's saying now. Yeah. But when, when it originally came out, it didn't quite sound like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, there's a pattern. I mean, that's the bottom line is with this guy, we're actually watching a progression of something – that is a red flag.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and and the point isn't so much to just bag on this right, right. it's guy. To, it's to say that we're going to see more and more compromise, especially uh, as, as the world starts to turn against the church. For right. Sure. We're going to start to see this more and more and more. And so what do we paint You know, we need to, what do we look for? You know, yeah. What, what are some of the, you know, I guess red flags out there for.
2: Well, like a, a really nice smile for starters uh, with white, <laughs> white teeth. Early whites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a great smile. Yeah. But you know,
1: I even think about you know backing up you know in history a little bit you know b- before you know we were told to unhitch from the Old Testament you know there was a guy that wrote a book called Love Wins that you know and he's another guy that over time you just kind of saw this progression going in you know this was pretty direction. obvious though wouldn't you say like when more, it happened, more it obvious it was yeah, yeah but, but you but saw yeah, yeah. you saw over time sure. it know, didn't it, just start there yeah right yeah right um, and and I think some of these things are are well intentioned of sure. you know trying trying to make a message more palatable trying to draw people in. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking with a guy downstairs before the podcast about, you know, like God is love and, and God is holy and just and wrathful at the same time. And how do you reconcile all of that? And, you know, the message of, you know, love sells better than the message of wrath. And, <laughs> we were and of about justice. Jo- Jonathan
0: Edwards book, uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God probably wouldn't hit the bestsellers list today. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. That's and, and so So maybe you know. some of these,
1: you know, slides, if you will, start, with good intentions, but, sure. um,
0: you know, send people down a path that, you know, at some point they're just kind of past the
1: point of return. Yeah. Uh, yeah you,
0: know. you were talking on Sunday in your sermon about, uh You know, hell and kind of the there's even a book I think called Erasing Hell right now, where uh, this has become extremely popular. Another another thing we're seeing where it's like, okay, this is hard to sell, this is hard to acknowledge, so let's just find a way to do away with it. Right, and that's I guess kind of what we're seeing here with with this this guy. Yeah, sure.
1: Well, I want to I want to read a a scripture here in James three that I'm sure you guys are familiar with. James three, verse one says, "Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers." For you know that we who teach will be judged with a greater strictness. And I think one, one translation might even say double judgment um, hmm. instead of greater strictness. I don't, I don't
0: like that. I don't like that translation. Right.
1: Um, <laughs> talk about that for a minute. Like, what is that? You know, Like, there's a, <clears throat> there's an, an obligation when someone signs up to be a teacher of the word or a preacher of the word um, that's weighty. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um, what, what does that tell us about how God feels about false teachers?
0: I mean, I, mean, it, I think it's it's pretty clear that if, if you're going to position yourself or um, as an authority of some kind over people and, and tell them <laughs> things about God and things about his word, uh, if we're not going to get that right, if we're not going to accurately represent him um, and, and the truth of what he's saying or even, you know, take that seriously, that's pretty terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that matters to him.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you're, I mean, we're talking about like a direct representation of what he has said, right? (laughs) So, so like we're, we're actually called to, to represent the, you know, to keep, to keep the chain of communication like together and faithful. And so when we're breaking that, um, like that's a big deal. We're actually misrepresenting God. We're misrepresenting the voice of truth um, and, and saying it's something else. So yeah, I mean, for this to stay intact, like matters significantly. And so, yeah, we're going to be, we're going to be scrutinized by him because I mean, this is, this is what matters the most, you know, uh, to everybody is what God has said. Yep. Yeah. I would just say, I appreciate, um, you know, that, that you guys are,
0: I think we all do this, but I appreciate that you guys put the effort in, uh, to get the scriptures right. Uh, You know, when we, when we're preparing sermons and stuff like that, we, we don't take this lightly and, and I I see that in in you guys and you know, you, you hold the word in high value and trying to exposit it correctly for God's people is is a priority to you. And that just means a lot, you know, that that's a reality. Um, it's hard work to put sermons together and and to know that there's people out there that are, you know, plagiarizing or mailing it in or whatever. It's just, um, you know, I, I appreciate that that's not I love that we all take it yeah, seriously yeah, all of
2: all of us here like we definitely we definitely have that in common we don't <laughs> it, like there's a lot of things that we you know maybe play with or have fun with but this ain't one of them right? well so, get, getting it right yeah. matters and we 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 um
0: you know we take yeah. it super seriously and for sure. and sometimes yeah. you know it, it's kind of it's scary to think about getting it wrong for sure it, it is, is so. <clears throat> i mean there's I mean, we're accountable to god yeah for you
1: know how right or how wrong we get it yeah um and that's there's a weight to that yeah um maybe maybe even a pressure um but it, it's just it's just a
2: heavy thing yeah right so well this is yeah this is i'm not looking forward to this i've said a lot of things in my life with authority <laughs> <laughs> i've taught some stuff man that uh i would go back and erase. sure if I could, and I, I don't know how much he holds on to or remembers or, uh, you know, how much goes down in the ledger, but, like. We'll, it, we'll find out. Yeah, I, well, well, yes, we will, Chad. Yeah, and
1: <laughs> probably shouldn't chuckle about it. <laughs> it's, it's more of a nervous chuckle. No, we better chuckle. chuckle while we have a chance. It's, it's a nervous laugh. <laughs> like, what else can you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Did you get through your quotes, or was there more?
0: That's basically to, Yeah, that's basically it.
1: Yeah, so um, let me ask you this. Is is there a distinction to be made between maybe a bad teacher versus a false
2: teacher? I think there should be and, one made. And like, by bad, yeah. I mean
1: someone who maybe doesn't have the education or is inept or, I mean, whatever. It could be any
2: kind of number of things that boring. you would say. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> depending on how boring. I think that I have kind of been taught i mean we're i'm more reformed conservative a lot of my influences are are those guys and i think that those guys um tend to put you know hold the 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 word in higher esteem you know they regard it more they're a little more careful with it and faithful with it so we're more aware of people who aren't and so there's always been two categories that i was kind of taught to look through like good teachers and then false teachers yeah (laughs) like it's like those have kind of been the and and i don't i don't think it that's super helpful i I think there's a third category of just people who aren't aren't great teachers or bad teachers or in process teachers or you know what i mean there's guys you can always like they're pretty faithful and solid and you can always pretty much trust their teaching and then there's people that simply teach false things and then and then there's there's a bunch of people in between that just um are kind of here nor there um you know what I mean, and yeah. and sometimes you can actually pick some good stuff out of what they say, and then sometimes you can hear some bad stuff out of what they say. So, what does that make them? Does that make them a complete throwaway? No, it means that you can you can learn some stuff sometimes, right? But you got to do it with complete caution, <clears throat> right? <laughs> like you got you got to have your ears on, your eyes open, and your Bibles open, you know, right? So,
1: yeah, yeah, um, and I think it's easy for us to you know find someone with whom we disagree and just label them a false teacher, yep, because we disagree with yep. them and, and I don't know that the bible would necessarily you know call that person a false teacher just because we don't agree sure yeah.
0: I think there's also a, a, a way that we, we esteem somebody who is a good speaker or a talented, you know, gifted sure. speaker that's that's winsome, that's that's charming, that's funny, yep. um, and we're willing to put up with just about anything. If they anything. use no
2: notes, then they're <laughs> Holy Spirit-filled. <laughs> yeah, that. But, I mean, I think
0: sometimes we're willing to put up with a lot of garbage because, of the, you know, um, and so you've got people out there that are not necessarily teaching truth, uh, but but they're just so engaging sure. that, that, that people— you know, where yeah. you've got some guys out there that may not be the best speaker in the world, um, may may not be you know good in that sense, but they're they're sound in what they're teaching, yeah. and they're being faithful yeah. to the scriptures, and they're um, you know they might be even boring, but I would you know esteem a guy like that maybe over somebody that's that's gifted. It's it's just funny how MLG. we MLJ, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jones, <laughs> his content was great, his his voice was yeah delivery left something to be desired, yeah. If you've never heard Martin Lloyd Jones, uh, he, he always has, the way he even opens his sermons is
2: is just a, it's a funny sounding voice. Just boredom. You're yeah. just thinking to yourself like, how long's <laughs> yeah. this sermon gonna be? Because of how slow he he talks. Yeah. But like, there was a ton of people coming to the like it was real. Like the stuff he was preaching was strong and powerful and faithful. And... Yeah. And then and then you're right. You've got people. I, I think a lot of times, like your your average person in the pew just simply doesn't know how to discern the difference between when they're hearing something exciting or inspirational and then something biblical. And so like if it's good and the emotions are through the ceiling, you know what I mean? And the place is on fire and and homies in the zone, like it's like, oh my gosh, like God's here. And this dude's like an insane like instrument of God. And it's like, you don't even know what he's saying. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Well and it could be I mean, like a motivational speaker. Totally. Gets people pumped up and yep. excited and feeling good about themselves and I I think we're seeing a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily gospel centered yep. true sermons about, you know, God's word. And right. Yeah. I remember
1: memory a while back, um, somebody had sent us a, a sermon or I I don't even know if it was a sermon, but a video clip of a guy, I think he was talking to men's conference or something. I don't know if you guys remember this, um, that Terry sent to us and wanted to know our thoughts on it. And I remember watching this, like if, if it were a Ted talk, it would have been awesome. Right. But, but as a sermon, it was, it was a dud and like the guy, you know, had content that you resonated with people and uh was an engaging speaker and easy to follow with and and it was one of those you get to the end and you're you're a little bit kind of charged up in a good way um but when you start to think about you know the content of it it's like i I don't know (laughs) you
2: know right i remember seeing um um a dude once um at some kind of convention and uh he was he was very comedic and i don't have a problem obviously with the problems not that creatures can't be funny and we have to be boring right this dude it was just one thing after another and it was like it was amazing this dude was just rapid firing like my gut was hurting like everyone was just in you know just over it in the room just it was amazing this guy's form of entertainment and it was you know biblical he was weaving and stuff but at the end you walked you walked away and you had nothing in your hands like you had no idea what you just heard other than that you laughed. And you a lot. entertained, and uh, yeah, and so there's there's a difference between you know uh, the substance of that which is being spoken yeah. and the way it's being spoken, and not not to say that good communication and passionate communication isn't right. good right. with good teaching like um, that's good too you know but but that alone ain't yeah ain't it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> So so we've got to be able to have the ability to distinguish all of this between, you know, somebody who might be a bad teacher or a false teacher uh, or, you know, like good content versus bad content, um, you know, picking the substance out of things. Uh, and that that's a hard needle to thread to be able to figure all of this out. Yeah. Um, I want to read Second uh, Peter 2, 1 to 3, and it says, The false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in uh, destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Those are some harsh words from Peter about false teachers, and he tells us not if false teachers are among you, but he says false teachers are among you. There will be false teachers among you. And so it's kind of a given Mm -hmm. uh, that that we will have false teachers and we need to be able to discern. I think part of the weight that we feel as pastors uh, when we bring the word to people is uh, that we would bring them absolute truth Mm -hmm. uh, as much as it's up to us so that our people hopefully when they see something that's not true that they'll know um, what the truth is and what the truth Mm -hmm. isn't. And to be able to discern that, that's part of our kind of under-shepherding of the flock um, and the weight that we feel Um, so with that uh, Brent you sent out um, some questions or not questions but some kind of bullet points that you found uh, yesterday
0: yeah it was a guy named Dustin Binge and I have no idea who that is uh, but it was in in one of those this this guy we've been talking about it was a response to that and I thought they were just kind of it was seven points or seven characteristics of a false teacher that I thought were helpful yeah
1: so let's talk through uh, those seven things uh, in the hope that we might be able to help people, you know, discern, you know, a bad teacher from a false teacher or from a true teacher uh, or whatever the case may be. So the first one on the list is that uh, a characteristic of a false teacher is that they're man pleasers. Mm. What, what, what does that look like?
0: <laughs> it's I think it's such a simple oh, I, I struggle with this because you want to make people happy. Um, you want to say the things that are going to make people stay in the seats and not, not get up and leave and all those kinds of things. And But if that becomes, you know, kind of like priority number one, yeah. um, then you're going to ignore a ton of stuff that the Bible says because you never want to upset anybody or, or cause right. them to get up and go. And and so it's a very, I see the temptation. I feel the temptation. But at some point we have to decide, is pleasing God more important to me than pleasing men? And do I trust him with... With, with the outcome, you know, even if right. everybody gets up and walks out, if I'm being faithful to the scriptures, w- who am I concerned about? You know, ultimately pleasing, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah,
1: we we all don't want to say things that will fill our inbox on Monday mornings mm-hmm. with emails questioning, <laughs> well, you know, what so- we said. Sometimes we do. Yeah. <laughs> Someone does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, like the, you know, to the point that I made earlier, I think a lot a lot of these. People maybe start from, you know, a place with good intentions of, you know, making the message more palatable and something that people can, uh, can handle. But in their effort to do that, um, you know, we, we leave out things. And the second thing on the list, I think, is related that it says that they avoid weighty theology. Um, and weighty theology, you know, could mean offensive theology could mean just kind of deep, deep thinking things that, you know, people don't want to be forced to, to think about things that they might consider to be above their pay grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, I think that's kind of related to being a man pleaser as well. Um,
0: even avoiding controversial topics, you know, something yeah. that you know is going to um, upset people or stir them up or, or be, or, or even, you know, the way the world watches right now, and, and especially if you're in a, in a big church where you're a big name, Everything you say is going to be, you know, put under a microscope and broadcast out. And so, you you know, you at some point you start thinking about how's this going to. And we even had somebody. We brought up a topic. Somebody wanted to talk about recently. I'm like, oh, you got to be careful with that one because you know it could get out there, and then you guys Mm -hmm. get in trouble. And it's like, if your concern is to stay out of trouble,
2: yeah, um, then yeah,
0: that's (laughs) going to change a lot of what you say, right?
2: And this is a lot of what we've been looking at in Matthew right now, where we're at in Matthew. You know, Jesus is like informing these guys, like you're you're going out as. You know, sheep among wolves, and well, what the heck does that mean? You know, and then he he goes into telling them like, you know, what you hear me, you know, tell you in secret, like proclaim from the housetops, like he's he's saying, you know, be bold and um and be you know honest, <laughs> right, with with that which I've given you, and and it's just funny because uh, when it comes to both these, like we have an example like Peter. I use this on Sunday, like Acts chapter three, one of his first one of his first sermons, you know. After, after, after the transformed Peter uh, emerged is uh, him going like, you know, men of Israel, why do you wonder at, you know, their, their ability uh, to, to heal people? Um, why do you stare at us as though by our own power and piety we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servants. Jesus, whom you, de- whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate. When he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and you killed the author of life. And it's just this like this dude's just shooting, you know, <laughs> yeah. just bullets at these guys. Right? And um and so not only is he is he bold, he's not pleasing man, right? He's he's speaking, he's being faithful with God's word to right. communicate it properly. But this is also Pretty heavy theology when you think about it, too. <laughs> like, a, like everything he's saying, it has it has a depth to it that needs to be considered, you know what I mean, that um, isn't, you know, just shallow. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess we, we see a great example of these things we're talking about just in the book of Acts alone when you see these guys preach and how they preached and what they preached, right? So...
0: Yeah, I I think sometimes we'll, you know, we'll. I've told you guys before. I had a guy that comes up every once in a while. He'll say, um, "Thank you for the message," and I hate you. <laughs> it's, it's just like one of those. Right. And I get that because I, you know, I've been challenged to the core at times through the preaching of God's sure. word. But I always appreciate pastors who are willing to to not only tell you the things you maybe you want to hear, but the things you need to hear yeah. as well. Right. And, and if you're teaching the whole counsel of God, if, you, if you're teaching, ex, you know, we, we like exposition, we like to go through books of the Bible, everything gets covered. And usually um, it's very easy if you're not doing that to skip the things that might ruffle right. feathers. And I just appreciate people, you know, that are willing to do that yeah, in my life. It, it's, it's changed a lot for me. So, Well, and the word yeah.
2: of God does it, right? It does. That's the cool thing is like, I, I don't, it's not up to me whether someone gets challenged or not. If I'm just reading what's there, yeah, then they're gonna be challenged, right? Like, like the Word of God does its deal and scrutinizes the hearer, you know. Yes, yeah. so. and I think
1: at the end of the day, for us, that you know, we trust that not only is the Scripture authoritative, uh, but that it's effective. No, and, and it's it's not you know you or me or any of us that like I don't have the ability to change anybody, right? Uh, but God's Word does, mm-hmm. and, and we have a conviction about that and a trust that, you know, the, the proclamation of the word is what's going to be the impactful thing to people. Not, not our ability to communicate, although we work at our ability to communicate, we work at the craft of preaching. Sure. Um, but that at the end of the day is not what changes people. It's God and, and his word. Yeah, And you know, I think, you know, people that are, that are false teachers, you know, rely heavily on their own abilities. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and their own charisma uh, that they may have, their stage presence. So I, I have a question for you guys on the heels of number two. That one of the characteristics being they avoid weighty theology. Why? Why do you think they avoid weighty theology? Or why have you heard people say that they avoid? Yeah, maybe weighty they theology? don't know weighty theology. Well, could, could be. Yeah, the yeah. one that I that I hear a lot is that it's divisive. Yeah. Um, like like we don't we don't get into that you know we're not going to go too far below the surface because you know nothing good comes of it and all keep the main thing the main thing keep the keep the main thing the main thing right so so simplicity is is king because it might become divisive but that actually plays into exactly what we're talking about right like if we take a stand somewhere <laughs> on something that matters it does divide right. right and so you've got people saying oh it's good to avoid this when actually, no, it's good to draw lines sure. with these things.
0: Okay. Well, and it's good for us to know why we believe what we believe. Sure. And that, that comes from, from diving in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it comes from, you know, testing the sure. scriptures against you know it, it's it's a process and if you're going to grow in the knowledge and grace of the Lord Jesus and you're going to grow in your faith and grow to maturity you got to at some point start eating meat mm-hmm. and not just stay on the milk mm-hmm. and and there's a benefit to this you know we, we had a we visited a home group recently and talked about some weighty theology but it's not because we want to win an argument it's because we want people to understand how you know the right. glory of God and all things and the sovereignty of God and all things and that, how that's going to benefit their lives mm-hmm. and so, so these things are completely beneficial sure. to, to dive in
1: mm-hmm. Too, I think about a guy like Tim Keller, you know, who we've talked about before, mm-hmm. that, you know, he's a guy that um, deals in a lot of weighty theology, but has you know, he has a way about him of, of, you know, bringing it down to where the everyday man can understand and hang with what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that's worked hard at the craft to be able to communicate, the way that he does so that, you know, we can understand, you know, kind of some of the weightier things of scripture in a way that's, that's digestible for us. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So he's, he's, he's a student of the, um, the people that God's entrusted him with. Right. So like he understands them so that he can best communicate the truth, not change it, um, and not, you know, throw it out or whitewash it, but So that he can best communicate it, which goes to the craft as well as, you know, the boldness um, of the Word of God, so yep, Brudham's uh, the same way. You know, you can p- you can look at systematic theology and just think, "Oh, that's some heady stuff." Yeah. Like Christians don't need that stuff, and this is a guy, but that has communicated these these truths that are really good for us, right? <laughs> that grow us and mature us, and in, um, in a in a very down to earth way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, where you don't have to be some kind of a scholar to to get through the stuff. So right. Yeah.
1: Uh, third one on the list: the false characteristic of a, of a false teacher is that they minimize the gospel. Why, why would somebody minimize the gospel? Like, if it's the good news, why would somebody minimize it?
0: Because <laughs> you have to talk about the bad news, too. That's what kind of right. popped into my mind. It's, you know, to talk about sin, uh, falling short, um, being on the, you know, an enemy of God, any of those kinds of things is, is, again, something that I think a lot of people want to avoid today. Yeah. And and if you're going to preach the, the gospel, you've got to talk about the bad news before you get to the good news. Yeah. And it's much easier just to forget all that and talk about just good things that right. people want to hear
1: yeah so, love wins right <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah
2: yeah there's there's always been a lot of variations like it's nothing new since the beginning of gospels and there's always a lot of people out there as gospel ministers that actually have never experienced the gospel for themselves and so um just because of that reason right there
1: what what do you, what do you mean by that I unpack that a little I more. think
2: there I think there's there's people that have that have bought false gospels or or simply um constructed false gospels, um, and then believed them and then spent their whole lives selling them as if it's the real one. (laughs) Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) You know, so I, I, I do think there's a lot of false teachers that are, um, uh, that are trying to be false, that know exactly what they're doing. And then I think there's a lot of false teachers that have no idea that they're false teachers. They have no idea that they're selling a, a false gospel. But but anytime it's false, whether you mean to, whether it's intentional or non intentional, um, you're minimizing <laughs> the gospel. It's right. not the real one. <laughs> you know what I mean. And it can look it can look like prosperity gospel. It can look like word faith stuff. It can look you know what I mean. It can, it can take on a ton of different forms. But you know, anytime it's not the 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 truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, as far as the gospel, then it's it's minimizing yeah. it.
0: Well, I think when you when you pay attention to what they focus on, so in a lot of churches we we talk about christ-centered churches and man-centered churches so if you're going to a church where they're constantly kind of telling you you know how to become a better person and giving you three steps to be better at this or and, inspiration you know, yeah. inspiration to on, go you out know, and live happier and yeah. healthier and that's yeah. man-centered that's your the answer the, the actual solution is to, to run harder try you know die more yeah, yeah all, <laughs> try, all, all <laughs> to be better yeah that kind of thing whereas the answer isn't found in christ and his finished work it's found in something else and, 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 or the prize is something else. So the prize isn't Christ and mm-hmm. God's glory. The prize is, you know, your best life or, yeah. you know, the, the, so this is where it gets kind of, you know, muddy. And, and I did one of them actually probably will pack more people in. Sure. Because I think the idea of, you know, therapeutic moralistic deism and, 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 you know, those kinds of things or, or your best life now, people like that. They, they like that message and that, that'll right. fill, that'll, that'll pack them in. Um, so I, it's no wonder where whether they're doing it intentionally or not intentionally it's it's kind of a recipe for success mm-hmm. sure yeah
1: yeah and there you know there's nothing we've talked about this before nothing you know inherently wrong with you know bigger churches but you know there is something that kind of gives me pause when i see you know
2: somebody that's filling the seats and, and wondering yeah. okay
1: what, what are they preaching my first question is why
2: right like the i don't mean to lead with skepticism but the right. first time i see a a, a good-sized church the question is why, right? Like, how how did they get here? Well, that's the next, um, and it could it could prove <laughs> to be well, it yeah. could prove to be that God has just done an amazing thing, right? Yeah, uh, but most of the time it, there is some other drive, usually. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. and this you know this guy that you know we've referenced. I mean,
1: he's got a pretty big church. Yeah, so he feels a lot of maybe maybe one of the bigger churches in America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, I'd say it does beg the question, why? Well, does that's it, the next. Yeah. The
0: next characteristic is that uh, a, a false teacher will build an earthly kingdom. Yeah. Um, so with this idea of you know we see it over and over again, um, you know they're they're the kind of the the king of this giant kingdom that they've created. Uh, everything kind of you know s- succeeds or falls based on yep. what they do. Um, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, whenever you see that kind of cult of personality that is eclipsing. you know god yeah uh, maybe a red flag so yeah
1: and i think you know maybe slightly off topic but maybe related that you know i think we see just in our cultural moment in america where um you know entrepreneurialism is you know is present in the church and and you know we, we look at at building i think we see at times maybe some larger than life personalities who have the ability to build something big that we wouldn't necessarily categorize as false teachers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we, we might not agree with, you know, or affirm what they're trying to build and the way that they're doing that. Sure. Um, what, what do you do with that?
2: Chad, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell us. Yeah, no, Tell I know. Tell us, I'm, man. I'm asking because I, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think maybe to our earlier points of being able to to just discern You know, maybe not throw the baby out with the bathwater, but be able to discern what's true uh, and what's good. Um, And just because we disagree with something doesn't necessarily equal that person being a false teacher.
0: Well, and I think when you look at some of the larger ministries that, you know, that have people that we admire in them, um, we were just talking about a guy today that, you know, he's humble. All of his proceeds to his books— back to the ministry he doesn't profit he lives in a small house in a bad neighborhood <laughs> i mean yeah. you know, he's just not you know he's not all about himself he's yeah. not puffing himself up or trying to make himself the star of the show and you know I, I don't know sometimes it's not as obvious as other times when that's happening but but there's been times when it's been pretty clear if anybody's paying attention and we just don't you know we just don't care that much yeah you know, they're entertaining us they're You know, it's exciting, it's lively, it's growing. And so we just attribute it to, well, God must be in this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we've, you know, we've learned recently, even in some of the things we've seen in the last several years of some of these big guys falling, um, the danger of having somebody like that. Right. So, yeah. Uh,
1: The next characteristic um, of a false teacher that this guy put out, says that they willfully twist scripture. So this is where, like, I think it becomes malicious. Like you might have some people this that, would be intentional, that, that right? unwittingly yeah. just start teaching, you know, bad doctrine or, yeah. or not, not faithful uh, to scripture. But, yeah. but when someone willfully twists scripture like that, that's another level. It
2: seems like, yeah, now, yeah. David, when it's on purpose, then yeah, I yeah. don't want to be standing next to that dude when he stands before God. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's probably bad teachers out there that, that do it without recognizing they've done it, yeah. But, yeah. but a false teacher, somebody who's come in that's destructive, <laughs> um, They know what they're doing, and they're doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah.
1: Where 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 do we? I don't know. Like where where do we see? Where do we see guys like this that that willfully twist scripture? I mean, why? (laughs) Or maybe maybe better question is what? Like, why do people buy in to that? Why do people follow someone who would twist scripture?
2: I, I mean, most of what I've seen in history with cults and things that have gone sideways and and stuff like that the common, the common denominator is that they don't know how to discern scripture. Sure. <laughs> right. So you, you got somebody who's a who's able to play the game and and to a scripture and do this thing. Oh, I got a call. Should I give it? Me? <laughs> um depends <laughs> on who it is. And you and you get followers because they have no discernment, right? They don't know they don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. Yeah. So anybody leading them is able to divide it however the heck they want and get away with it. You know what I mean? Um, so some of these things, some of these people, um, and these cults that we've had that people have chased after and done, you know, even, you know, stupid things like killing your children or killing yourselves and stuff like that. Yeah. Like those people weren't listening to the God of the Bible or, or didn't, didn't know what his voice sounded like. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so here's the conundrum in that is that we need to be taught,
1: right? Well, we we, yeah. we we all need to be taught, and then if you have people that are teaching things that ought not be taught, like, like how, how do we navigate
2: that? Well, we, we, we first and foremost need to have God, I, the Spirit of God, right. who is the ultimate teacher, the teacher with a big T. Like, we, we, we desperately need Him installed. Yep. You know what I mean? We need that program installed to the hard drive so that we actually know what it is that we can actually sift through and discern what it is that's yeah. Coming at us, so yeah, the spirit for, for
1: the non techie guy among us, that analogy worked.
2: Oh, good. Yeah, good.
1: Nicely done. <laughs> well, the, the,
2: I mean, the disciples were yeah. that way, right? Like pre-Pentecost, um, the you you get the feeling that if Jesus would have gone away at one point for a month and they would have hung out with someone else, that they that they probably could have started buying that guy's sure. teaching, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, why? Well, because there 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 was n- there was no baseline of discernment. Right, you're just kind of all over and blown to and fro. Once Pentecost comes, though, that that changes everything. Sure. Once the Helper comes, he helps us discern truth from lie. Imagine that. Imagine that.
0: Well, I think yeah. that you've got people that are, you know, like the Bereans that would that would take everything that was taught and go back and test it against Scripture. Um, you have to have something that you're, you know, Baseline, a, base, a yeah. basis of truth, yeah. right? And and if you're base, if you're not accepting this as your basis of truth, and right. yeah, but you, but you know.
2: what they're discerning is is historical fact whether it has to do with the prophecy made or something that's what the bereans were doing it's not like they had some kind of a a spiritual ability in my opinion um so so this helps you know to to be able to to go back and fact check certain things but it doesn't teach us to be spiritually discerned sure the spirit teaches us to be spiritually discerned so so there's the the word of god that we can go to the written revelation and and kind of check things out um but um we, we, the interpretation part is where it becomes a challenge, right? Because most of these cults and most of these false teachers are opening their Bible, it looks just like ours, might be a King James, <laughs> and they're reading scriptures that are just like ours. But the interpretation of those scriptures are what come out different, right. And create a whole new deal. So,
1: so, so what do you say? We've got a couple still to get to in just a, a few minutes left. But what, like, I, when you were talking, I was thinking of a particular person that I encountered years ago who showed up at our church and basically said, you know, it's my job to keep the pastor honest. Mm. And I love those and, people. And considered, like I think he even called himself like a watchman on the wall. Yeah. And, and his job was just to question everything. And he did question everything. <laughs> um, and, and I think because he didn't have discernment and didn't have, you know, a right ability to understand the scriptures and maybe wasn't taught you know, properly the scriptures to that point in his life. But like, he was a contentious guy that caused some issues. What, what do you say to guys like that?
0: I mean, there's, there's iron sharpening iron and then there's just divide of you know, some of this right. divisive. And, and I think we, we can, we can understand that. Um, I, I don't like it. if somebody has a problem with something I've said on Sunday, it's nice if they wait a day and, you know, come to me privately and, sure. you know, not, not make a beeline up there to, to try to, you know, usually it's something that's just a misunderstanding or, a, you know, we're, we're oh, no, well, this is what I meant when I said that. Yeah. Or, um, it, you know, it's easily fixed, but, but no, we need to be accountable. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good thing. It, 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 the thought of not being accountable is kind of terrifying. Well, right? there's an honest
2: but, challenge, right? Yeah. And then there's, um like someone who just loves to challenge, right? So it's right. Re- it's really the way it's done. It's it's good for people to if, right. we, if, we're, if yeah. we're wrong on something, it's good for someone to call on us. But the difference seems to be with someone like that is they're self-appointed, right? In their authority, and that's a de- that's usually gonna end up being the definition of a divisive person. Right. <laughs> like, right, over yeah. and over, because they're self the Bible says, like, don't even deal with a device. you know, warn them once, it, get them out. E- exactly. <laughs> so so you've got that. That's one thing. But but someone who just notices, gosh, you, you said this thing, and I don't think it, it quite jibed, like, is it, like, can we talk about this? Uh, that's, like, fair game. Right. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's fantastic. You know, because they're not trying to be authoritative. They're trying to just make sure that truth is established. Right. So. and
1: maybe maybe another fair thing this isn't on the list but you said it uh, a fair thing to be on the list would probably be lack of accountability um, you know someone yeah. who's kind of at the top of their own food chain and you know doesn't have anybody that can question them uh, or challenge them on anything yeah totally and that's something that, that we value and we try to build into our system that yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we have accountability and we are approachable for and, sure and, and you know pe- people can question us and challenge us and, and sometimes people do mm-hmm. yeah for sure uh, next thing on the list, uh, they uh, characteristics of a false teacher is that they feed the emotions. What does this look like, and why do you think a false teacher would do that?
0: I mean, it's just again, especially somebody that's that's maliciously trying to mislead people. Um, you can play on people's emotions, right. and, and, so It's And and manipulative. It's manipulative, yeah. It's 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 a good tactic if you're trying to mislead somebody sure. or or you know win them over to your cause. And there's people that. You know, I was even thinking of the verse talks about how you'll gather together, you know, people that will tell you what your itching ears want to hear. People, it's not hard to, you know, to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, People are almost wanting this, you know, if if you're telling them what they want to hear. And so, um, I I don't know. I I think of the prosperity stuff and all all the ways that they they play on people's emotions, you know. You know, you better give until it hurts or I'm going to, you know, I won't be able to do this or that or the other thing and it'll be your fault. And (laughs) you you play on guilt. It's just, it's scary stuff. Yeah, but it
2: works. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think it's rocket science. I mean, as, as human beings, um, that will get us more than anything. Our emotions. We're emotion-driven people, right. and so we'll we'll even be um, we'll even be wooed <laughs> and controlled and and pulled by our emotions before we can even realize what's going on. Right. Right. Like it, it's super effective to play on emotions, which is why they play on emotions. Right. It gets you inside. It gets yeah. the people inside. Yep. So. <clears throat> uh,
1: and the last thing on the list is that uh, characteristic of a false teacher is that they compromise the truth. And I think it's important to distinguish between willfully twisting the Scriptures and compromising the truth. Those aren't necessarily the same thing. And so what what is that distinction between willfully twisting and Compromising. I don't even want
2: to talk about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I might be a false teacher. <laughs>
0: I think that's kind of what we've seen, in, even in the example we were talking about earlier, is that this is a person that, I, I, you know, it, it doesn't seem like they're outright trying to deny Christ or deny right. the work of Christ or the gospel, but they just keep compromising on on things that are, you know, right there in black and white. And that's, I don't know, it's worrisome. Yeah. You know, as opposed to considering this authoritative and bowing to, you know, to, to what it says, you know, I just kind of see, oh, let's just turn this a little, let's twist, let's change that a little. Um, and, and there's all kinds of reasons why. But Sure. Yeah.
1: And, and it probably ties back in to the very first one of being a man pleaser. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if
0: I didn't care what anybody thought, I'd probably never compromise on anything. Um, well, and again, when there's money to be made and there's fame to be had and there's right. power to be gained and all these things, um, it, it, which is what you start to kind of see – yeah, all this stuff kind of mm-hmm. works to that, toward that.
1: Right. Um, and I think maybe, you know, kind of as we're in the home stretch here, something worth mentioning. Uh, and again, we always kind of bang the drum of, you know, our model of co equal pastors. I think, I think it helps with <laughs> a, a lot of these things. Um, you know, we, we don't have to be man pleasers to the degree that maybe somebody who's solo would have to be right. We, we encourage each other uh, spur each other on in that way and encourage each other in that way. Um, and so just, you know, shout out for, you know, co-equal pastors that maybe would help guard against, you know, some of these things.
0: Yeah. No, it definitely changes things. If, if the financial part doesn't kind of hold you hostage and, um, and the fame part isn't really an option, it it kind of takes care of a lot of this stuff. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It absolutely does. Um, anything else you want to say? Um,
0: we sign off. I I would just encourage people that if, you know, if you're not sure about some of the people you're listening to or, or following, or if you want some recommendations of people that are, you know, again, everybody has. Stuff that you know can be questioned, and and right. you know, um, there, there's no perfect including teacher us. out there, including <laughs> us. Um, but if you're looking for some good resources and things like that, we've talked about that in the past. Um, we we have lists compiled and some some things we could shoot your way as far as podcasts or resources that would be mm-hmm. a little more trustworthy um, than than maybe what you're listening to. So if you have any questions about that, let us know, and and we'll try to steer you in the right direction. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and try as best you can to trust us. Like we we care like immensely about about these things and we're aware of these things and we've seen we've seen false teachers come in among the flock and like um you know spread their voodoo you know and and like it's <laughs> and it's it's never good it's like extremely dangerous and um and so like i i would ask you to to trust us to understand that we are we are trying to be in the best interest of of the congregation and the flocks, uh, I, we haven't done this in a long time, but, um, you know, the first, there were, there were a couple times we, we spotted false teachers among us and had to send them out and it was, pa- it was painful for some of our people in the congregation. Like some of them were even mad at us because these people are so likable. They're right. so, they're so charismatic and so attractive, like on many levels, um, and, and seemingly even so knowledgeable and so smart that they couldn't understand why we would, um, you know, respond in such a, a harsh way. Um, and they didn't understand like it, it we had, like it. you had to, this is how you right. have to respond to people like this or, um, you know, they'll do their deal. Right. So, yeah. so hopefully trust us as we keep our eyes open and keep watch.
1: So, yeah. And I think I would just say, you know, the, the best way to know what the truth isn't is to know what the truth is. And so be, be a student of the word. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, That's what we try to foster, I think, as pastors, and, um, you know, it gives us great joy when we know that our congregation and people in the flock that God has entrusted to us are becoming students of the Word. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we all need help uh, understanding the Word and interpreting the Word and, and those kinds of things, and so it's kind of a team effort. Uh, in that way. But, you know, we, we could spend a lot of time, you know, studying false things. And, and I'm not saying that we should never study false things or be aware, but it's it's the better thing to be familiar with the truth, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I had a, a period in my life where just like I was all about, you know, apologetics and wanted to learn, you know, false religions. And, and there's value in that. But, you know, I think I took it to a point that was overboard you know, to the neglect of learning the truth um, is having it, you being overly fixated on,
2: you know, false things. Mm -hmm. And so just my encouragement is to, for everybody to be a student of the word. Mm -hmm. Speaking of apologetics, I think next week we're actually going to talk some apologetics. All right. We don't always do that, but got to tune in and find out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do you guys want to pray us out?
0: Yeah. Father, thank you so much for, uh, for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Um, Thank you for, uh, revealing yourself in your word, the way you have. We just pray that, um, we would want to be students of the word that we would want to grow in our knowledge of you because you're amazing and, and you're glorious. And so uh, help us to do that well as pastors, Lord, to um, to protect truth and to guard um, sound teaching and, and help our people to be um, also uh, the, the kind of people that would want to dig into the word as well. And that would also want to keep us accountable in a loving and humble way. Um, so thank you for the way you built your church. Um, keep it pure, we ask. And uh, thank you that we get to um, just, have this privilege of, of leading in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We will see you all next week.